Tiger fans, welcome to episode 43 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple users, rate and review the show, and everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Joining me today is the SWAT champion assistant women's basketball coach, Juanita Ward. Welcome to the show, coach. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. I'm blessed. Um, I feel so overwhelmed with joy to be a part of the show. This is incredible. Well, I am super excited for this interview. I've been a fan of yours since the early 2000s and a fan of your family for over 25 years, which we'll get to. So, again, I'm super excited. Thank you so much. And first and foremost, how are you? How are you doing? Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm doing I'm doing great. You know, um, with this time that we've had to just kind of uh, stay inside and um, with everything that's going on, I've had an opportunity to, you know, just readjust, realign and refocus and kind of, you know, birth some new things. Um, And uh, for the most part, um, I've just I've I've had a lot of free time to, you know, interact with people that I probably never would have been able to interact with through exercising. (laughs) And um, it, it's just been, it's been really incredible. It's been really incredible. Good things can come out of something that seems really I agree. great. <laughs> and, and I love your mindset, a lot of positivity. I follow you on social media. So I definitely want to get to some exciting and amazing things that you're doing. Very productive with this downtime. So I want to share it with, you know, all of our listeners. But uh, first, let, let's start from the beginning as far as your, your basketball career and journey. Uh, for the listeners who don't know, can I state some of your accolades as a player? Is that okay? Sure. I'm glad you're doing it. <laughs> Not me. Okay. So this may take a while. So you guys bear with this. <laughs> All right. So at Callaway High School, your jersey is retired. You are a three-time Dandy Dozen, Mississippi Gatorade Player of the Year. The first female McDonald's All-American from Mississippi. That's huge. All right. All of this is huge. Two-time Parade All-American. Two-time Street and Smith All-American. Consensus Top 10 Player Nationally. Nominated for the Naismith National Player of the Year Award. Nominated for the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. Junior College National Champion. Played in the Big East at Syracuse where you were an All-American and finalist for the National Player of the Year. You also played professionally overseas where you were a two-time MVP of the Bulgarian League. You won a championship in Ukraine. And you played in the WNBA with the Tosha Shock. So let me catch my breath. That was a lot. What, what, <laughs> what a resume. Do, do you ever take the time to reflect back on all those accomplishments? You know, um, when I hear you read those, it, it just kind of puts me in a humbling uh, perspective even more because, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I always tend to look at myself as that little small girl from, you know, Bowdoin, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I had dreams and I had aspirations, but did I ever think that it would amount to this? I did not. Um, did I set my goals to achieve them? Yes. Did I achieve them? Yes, I did. But did I ever think that, you know, at that age, that young, did I think that it'll be possible? I mean, come on, like we dream extremely big when we're so small and, you know, so many things happen throughout the course of the, of the year and the timing as you get older 
you don't really think that you can make it out of a small right. place. And to be able to say that I've, you know, been to all of these different countries um, and have won all of these different championships and, you know, all of the accolades that was there, the only thing that I can say and that I would ever continue to say is to God be the glory and thank you, God, for allowing me to, you know, be a vessel, to be that ambassador, to make it out, to show some other little girl or some other little guy that it doesn't matter where you come from, as long as you continue to persevere and push forward, you can do it. Absolutely. Uh, you're a great inspiration. And it seems like it started early for you. Uh, you come from a basketball family. I like to call it Mississippi basketball royalty. <laughs> uh, starting <laughs> starting with, with your dad, is it correct that did he play semi-pro basketball? Yes, he did. He sure did. Now, before then, he played okay. baseball and he was really good at baseball and he loved playing basketball, you know, around the neighborhood. Um, he's orig- he originally uh, went to high school at Lanier High School, him and my mom. And, you know, they grew up, you know, in a in a neighborhood where basketball was was big, you know, and every all the kids wanted to, you know, play basketball and all the kids wanted to play baseball you know, Jackie Robinson was, was humongous for them back in the day. And so he grew up wanting to play baseball and along the way, his path changed and he went into playing basketball, had an opportunity to go and play um, baseball on the professional level. Um, But he took the basketball route. And um, after that, some things happened where he had a motorcycle accident and his prayer was, God, if you heal me from this motorcycle accident, I promise you, I'll teach my kids everything I know about life and everything that I know about basketball. And that was his prayer. God healed him. And today he's walking and, you know, he's, he's doing good. So he got all five of us through through college. And, you know, we we went on to continue to instill leadership and, you know, godly principles in others. Thank God for the prayers Absolutely. of my mother and my father. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> that is an amazing story. So it seems like the foundation was was definitely there for. Uh, for you from the beginning and uh, you mentioned your siblings of course they were you know they played as well and we'll talk about that in a second but what was it like for you in, a, in, in, in that household during that time with so many great ball players right it was it was it was it was competitive right so like so my my brother I call him the baby boy actually I'm the baby mm-hmm. of the family and Thomas is the one that's close to me he's two years we're two okay. years apart and him and I, every single day when we were growing up, my mom, my mom worked because like I told you, my father had the motorcycle accident, which took him, took him out of working um, because he had to get so many veins and things taken out of his legs where they said he wouldn't be able to walk. So my mother held it down from the working mm-hmm. perspective. I mean, she's a solid rock. And he, he, um, my brother and I, Thomas would, you know, run when my mom would come inside my brother and I would would try to beat each other to my mom to make sure you know who would get there first to give her a humongous <laughs> hug and you know let her know that hey we're happy that you're home you know we we even had a basketball well I would say it like this it was a a um, clothes hanger you know the wire mm-hmm. clothes hanger so back in the day we would enlarge the wire clothes hanger right stick the back part of it inside of the wood go and get two pair two two socks uh-huh. right you know, roll them up into like a little ball, you know, stuff them inside of each other, roll them into a ball. And we would end up playing basketball inside the house, you know, before mom got home because we had chores mm-hmm. to do. And so mom would say, make sure the chores are done. So then when she come into the house, we run to her and we go, hey, mom, 
Tom, how you doing? Because Thomas forgot to vacuum the 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 den, right? And so, so Thomas would make me like run and you know kind of greet mom while he finishes making up his bed or something and then it will become a competition who can run from the back of the mm-hmm. house to the front of the house before mom gets into the kitchen or who could go and make you know a basket on that you know wire um wire clothes hanger before you know dad gets up or you know it was it was it was always something you know who could run who could you know wake up the fastest who could run to the mailbox the fastest you know once we got a little bit older we started playing basketball outside and we didn't have the best of payment. We had, you know, the concrete was kind of broken up. And so we had like ridges in between the concrete. So we would play each other out there on the concrete, you know, shooting the ball off the off the house and to see who was going to be, you know, who was going to win or who was going to be better. And we would end up fighting <laughs> each other all the time. And my dad, we were running inside to my dad. I, I would be crying or Thomas would be crying. But I'll tell dad, dad, Thomas, Thomas won't leave me alone. He mm-hmm. keep pushing on me. And so my dad says, see, I told you guys, stop playing so much out there with each other. But we would continue to do it over and over and over. And I always tell everybody, I give a lot of my credit to my brother Thomas, because if it wasn't for him pushing me and, and you know, playing me tough and playing me hard, you know, me playing against a guy in basketball, I would not have been able to, you know, win these awards because I learned at an early age how to persevere. I learned at an early age you know, how to put some hard work in. I mean, to be quite honest with you, Corey, we didn't come from the richest, you know, from the outside looking in, it looks like that, but we didn't come from the richest. You know, the good thing that we had was grace and mercy and faith. And my mother and my father always prayed, you know, we couldn't get to, we couldn't get to a gym because we didn't have the money. You know, mm-hmm. my, my mother and my father back in the day, um, you know, we didn't have a lot. And so we had to make do with what we had. And for us, it was, you know, figuring out what to do outside to keep us occupied and to still, number one, stay in shape and to stay out of trouble. Wow. Great stuff. And uh, I I can only imagine the competition in that household. (laughs) Yeah. I I wish, look, I'll tell you this. I wish I had an opportunity to play with Uh Gerard when he was coming up, but I didn't. Um, What I did do was once I got older, he was in Michigan and he would send for my brother and I, Thomas and myself to come up there. And we had an opportunity to play against him when he was older. And I beat him one time. I'm so glad I get to go on the record and say this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I beat him one time, and I told him I would never ever <laughs> let him. But that we only only went to we only went mm-hmm. to three, and so he had two, and I finally had three. And I, I don't know, maybe he let me win, but <laughs> but I beat him. <laughs> so I was super excited about that. Wow, that is great stuff. So I know. See, you mentioned Thomas. Now, of course, we all know Gerard. Any other siblings who played? Oh yes. Joseph. Joseph is the Joseph is the is the third mm-hmm. child. I know Joseph. And Joseph got an opportunity to go and play for the Los Angeles Lakers um, out of college. And he ended up having a career ending uh, injury that took him out. But they used to call him Iceman mm-hmm. back in the day. And he was so Gerard was the number one player for the boys. Joseph was the number five player and I was the number one player for the girls. And Joseph was the type of guy. He was like the Charles Barkley slash Shaq slash Akeem Olajuwon slash Iceman. He could do it mm-hmm. all. And his game was so phenomenal. And so, you know, just he, he just had so much to his game that he could stretch you out. You know, he could he could dunk on you with force. I remember one time I went to a basketball game. We were at Clinton and he was on the right side of the floor, you know, he drove baseline 
and he must have jumped. I, it seemed like he was so far out. I was I was much younger, and he jumped and ducked on someone, like jumped over their head, dunked on them, and came down. The crowd went crazy. I was screaming from the top of my lungs, <laughs> because I was so excited to see him do that. And that was one of his, like one of the things that I will forever remember was that monstrous dunk. And it looked like he almost broke the glass when he did that. It was so powerful, but he, we call him Iceman and Joseph was a mm-hmm. monster on the court. And so, you know, my sister Charlotte played, you know, when Nisi Johnson played and she's the oldest. And, you know, she was she was more of the shooter in the family and she ran track. And so she was kind of like a dual uh, sports, you know, with track and basketball. And so, I mean, the family was very athletic, you know, um, and um, I was so grateful to just grow up in a family. I'm right. so grateful to grow up in a family like this because, you know, they all taught me a lot, you know, when they played, you know, what they had to go through. And, you know, by the time I got to you know, my opportunities to go through different things, I kind of knew how to navigate through them because I had siblings mm-hmm. in front of me um, that had to endure and, you know, that that became successful at what they were able to do. Absolutely. And a quick fun fact about Joseph. I So I used to go to basketball camp with Joseph in the summertime. And, and yeah, wow. that's how I found out that Gerard was going to Michigan because obviously there was a lot of anticipation around that announcement. And Joseph, I can't remember. I think he had mm-hmm. on some Michigan gear or we, we asked him. I can't remember how it came about. <laughs> but yeah, he let it out before it was announced. So we knew. And and Joseph, you know, like you said, he was <laughs> one of the top players in the state in the late 90s, uh, 99. And I still say to this day that the Clarion Ledger snubbed him from that Dandy Dozen list because he transferred to Lanier and oh. had to sit out that semester. But there should have been three Dandy Dozens <laughs> in the Ward family. So basketball royalty. Oh. <laughs> well, I tell you, he he overcame a lot, and you know the the dynamics of my family. Um, it just it didn't just start with my father. I mean, it started with my grandmother mm-hmm. and my grandfather, um, because my grandmother was white and Indian, and my grandfather was black and Indian. So they really had to endure a lot from the you know color perspective. And so we're 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 deeply rounded and you know rooted in you know life skills, instilling, persevering, pushing through, keeping the faith, um, overcoming different obstacles. You know, if it wasn't for my grandmother and my grandfather p- persevering and pushing through uh, and teaching us those things, I mean, all the stuff that we went through, I don't know if we would have been able to, you know, make it had we not had that good foundation for right. them. And and I see, as I look at Gerard, it seems like you, you've kind of followed in his footsteps. And obviously he was the number one player in the country coming out of Clinton. I know, you. of course, now he's a college basketball analyst on ESPN and Fox, but growing up, did seeing him spark or motivate you, just seeing all the, the recognition that he was getting and the letters that he had coming in the mail? And even now, he's a TEDx speaker and a motivational speaker, as you are. So is he someone that you've looked up to? For sure, for sure. You're always looking to see uh, a role model. You always want someone that you can, you know, kind of use as inspiration. And, you know, Gerard had to have overcome seven knee surgeries and for him to continue to play basketball for 14 years, even after he went through those knee surgeries, um, it definitely was motivation. It definitely was inspiration um, because he, he continued to go, he continued to do. And I remember a conversation that him and I had on the phone when my grandmother passed away in 2011. Um, You know, he called me, he was in Spain and I was in Bulgaria. 
And I told him, I said, Gerard, listen, I'm not going back to play basketball. I can't do this. Mama need is my heart. You know that. And, you know, I, I'd already told, you know, my professional teams that, you know, if anything happened to my grandmother, I'm not coming back to play. That's my heart. I mean, that that's my everything. I mean, she had Alzheimer's and then she passed away because every time I would step on the court, I would pray for her. And so I felt like it was going to be something missing. Um, and so Gerard called me, we were on Skype and he called me on Skype and he said, well, I need to listen. This is life. Things are going to happen. You have to be able to keep going. You know, I mean, you, you have to, you, you can't stop playing basketball because somebody that you truly, truly love is now gone. Life doesn't stop that way. You got to keep going. You got to keep persevering. Look what happened with, with me. Mm -hmm. You know, even though I had all these knee surgeries, I didn't stop. And I told him, you know, at that moment, you, you're not thinking right, right? Because somebody that you truly 100% love is no longer here. And you, that's, that was my motivation. That's what, that's what I played for, you know, and um, it really hit home because, you know, I told him, I said, I'm not coming back, which is I had to be back over to Bulgaria in three, three or four days. And, um, you know, you only get a certain amount of time to go home. And I told him, I said, I'm not coming back. And he said, you can't do that. You have to go back. You have to go back and play. You know, it's going to be okay. Mom and dad are going to be fine. Everybody's going to be fine. You know, go home, be with the family, but you got to come back. And it really hit home from a different perspective because that's coming from somebody that I genuinely 100% love. And when he told me that, he really put it into perspective for me. So not only is he like my big brother, but he's also my mentor, my inspiration as right. well. So yeah, awesome to have someone to, to lean on to provide that perspective and, the, and that wisdom. Now on the basketball side, did seeing him as well as Joseph go through that process, you know, the training and handling the media attention and so on, mm -hmm. how did that prepare you for when it was your turn? You know, they handled the media very well. They were able to, you know, orchestrate kind of, you know, the narrative of what they wanted to, um, what they wanted to say. And, you know, seeing how they were so professional and how they were able to uh, deal with all of the media attention, Gerard being a Nike All-American, Joseph being an ABCD, uh, Adidas All-American, when it was my turn to uh, go through that, I, I, I saw how my mother and my father handled that with them. And I was able to, you know, learn at an early age how to speak to the media. I was able to learn the posture of, you know, how to talk to the media, you know. And so seeing how, especially Gerard, I mean, how much attention he was getting on a national level, to be quite honest, when I was looking at him, I didn't even envision myself, you know, having that much attention. And, you know, the more that I practiced, the more attention came. And especially on the national level, I remembered back when he was, you know, when the cameras would come to the house. I remember when, you know, he would, people would send for him uh, to come and speak. And I mean, it was, it was one of those, you know, it should have been recorded like a documentary because it was incredible seeing how they handled all of that attention. You know, um, you know, I remember one time, you know, them, both of them coming into the house and going, whew, I'm so glad the cameras are gone <laughs> for that second to get a breather because it seemed like every day there was cameras around, uh -huh. you know. Um, because they were always getting so much attention. And, you know, when it became my turn, I remember going in the house that same time and going, <laughs> whew, I'm so glad I got to uh -huh. be there. <laughs> but yeah, I learned a lot from them. You know, they were they were good role models um, on how to deal with the media. 
Wow, definitely, uh, you know, great, great that you were able to follow in their footsteps. And uh, you really took the ball and ran with it. Of course, you went on to play professionally, as I said. What was that experience like for you playing overseas? It was awesome. It was hard. It was, <laughs> it was you know, ups and downs. It was uh, hard nose. It was tough, uh, but it was very mm. rewarding. You know, I mean, overseas, you have to deal with so much. You know, your name is not really your name. They can call you whatever they want to call you. They can throw things at you. You know, you can get fouled a certain way, and it's it's okay. You, you, you're getting fouled extremely harder than what you would get fouled over here. And because you're an American, you have to take it, you know. Um, sometimes you can lose your character. Sometimes you can, you can you know, say things that you don't want to say. But at the end of the day, it's all building. It's all building. And, you know, I tell a lot of people today, if overseas play is something that you want to do, you have to be mentally prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not mentally prepared to go overseas and deal with the, the way that they call and deal with the hard play and deal with, you know, uh, people saying things that, you know, that you don't like, people calling you out of your name, if you're not able and ready to deal with all of that, then maybe this is not for you because you have to have a lot of tough skin. It's not as easy as it looks. I mean, the the upside to it is, you know, I'm on billboards. I'm on, you know, um, on flyers. I'm on, you know, newsstands. I mean, everywhere you look, your picture is posted everywhere. You know, paparazzi is all, all around. You have to have security. You have your own car. You know, they put you up in a big, big, big house. You know, um, the pay is really good. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on, right? You have to be careful because, you know, the media is always at your house. You know, you have to go in through the, the back of it. Um, you know, it, it's it's the good side of it. But at the end of the day, if you're not mentally prepared to deal with everything else, maybe overseas right. is not for you. Because, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, me having a, a strong mental perspective on how to deal with those things, then, you know, I probably would have been gone a long time ago. But because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to endure those things. I was able to to stay on the court and play. I figured out how to play and how to continue to be successful on the court. That's what helped me. That's interesting. So so what did living and, and playing overseas kind of do for you personally, like, like from a growth or a maturity standpoint? Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so how I took it was when you get over there, you don't have American stations, right? You have, you know, their stations and they're speaking their language. You have to really start to understand yourself. I call it a secluding process and a just really getting to know who you are, just taking some time down and getting away from every single thing and figuring out who you are. Now, you could go to the clubs, you could do everything that you would normally do, but you just don't have all of your friends. You just yeah. don't have you know people that you're that you know, like your family's not there, your friends are not there. You're actually, you know interacting with people that are complete strangers and you have to try to trust somebody that you don't know or at least become a little bit closer Mm -hmm. with them and you know for me it was more of discernment and just kind of figuring out which person was right and which person wasn't I mean and and to be quite honest being a female over there um, it wasn't always the easiest thing now for guys a little bit different but for females I mean they talk to you a little bit differently I mean they 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 give they throw sexual slurs mm-hmm. at you and you know they literally come up and they touch you you know and you're kind of like whoa stop back up don't do that you know um 
and it's it's one of those things where you're 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 out of I mean <laughs> you're gonna lose a lot of uh you know your your barriers are gonna be broken a mm-hmm. whole lot <laughs> because they're gonna do some things that that should not exactly. happen. And you have to be able to you have to be able to handle that. You have to be able to deal with that. Stand your ground on it. And for me, I took it from the perspective of getting to know myself better, learning who I am, you know, um, just being okay with something that's new, you know, being okay with meeting new people. I I have a lot of friends overseas Mm -hmm. now because I was able to just say, okay, I'm going to take this as a learning tool. I'm going to take this as a um, opportunity to get to know new people, get, get a chance to meet new people and just, you know, adventure out, see what's out there, you know, get a chance to, you know, see, see more of Israel, see more of Ukraine, get a chance to see what Bulgaria is about and just take that time to learn yourself. Wow. Well, well that's great. It's, it's awesome that you were able to take that opportunity to grow and develop, you know, not only personally, but professionally as well. So awesome stuff. Now let's fast forward to today, assistant basketball coach at Jackson State. So tell us why JSU, what brought you to the I love? Yeah, Jackson is my home. I love Jackson, Mississippi. Um, Jackson State is an incredible place. It's always been an incredible place. My family graduated from Jackson State. My uncle, Cleveland Buckner, used to play for Jackson State men's basketball team back in the day, way back in the day. And he ended up graduating and going on to play with the New York Mm -hmm. Knickerbockers at the time. Um, Now they're the New York Knicks. And so my family graduated from Jackson State. Um, I, I used to, I used to love, you know, going to the football games, you know, with my with my father and my brothers, and you know, they used to have the battle of the bands here, you know, on the on the uh, field, you know, where Jackson State plays. And so Jackson is home. I love everything about Jackson State. I mean, it's it's a place, it's an environment where you feel like everybody mm-hmm. is family. You feel like you feel the love. Uh, it doesn't matter where you go. If you have on a Jackson State shirt, somebody's going to see you and go, oh, Jackson State. Oh, yeah, sure. I know where that's at. I, I know. I, yeah, I got family. I got this. I got that. And it's a it's a family environment, a love environment. Um, and now to be able to coach here, especially at a place that I used to play at in high school and practice at uh, in high school, it's just so mm-hmm. surreal. I mean, to 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 start my career in coaching in college here at home with, you know, my family, I call Mississippi, my family (laughs) with my family, you know, and especially my immediate family, this is an incredible experience. And I'm so grateful and humbled for this. I mean, it's, this, this is, it's a true blessing. It's a true blessing. And it's definitely a dream come true because who wouldn't want to coach at a place like this, you know, growing up watching it and seeing all the fantastic, fantastic mm-hmm. things um, that has went on here. I mean, it's a very historic, you know, place and I'm so humbled wow. by it. I'm really am Corey. That's awesome. That is awesome. Can you sum up your, your first season on the sideline? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. It was, it was, it was extremely cool. I mean, it was fun. It, it was fun. I mean, you know, I mean, there, there were some games where we were, we were kind of, you know, just, just figuring out, well, how's, how are we going to pull this off? And Coach Reed is phenomenal. I call the Phil Jackson in <laughs> coaching. I mean, the way she's able to rally the girls and, you know, seeing how she's able to get them to respond to different game situations. 
you know, uh, we, we're, we're scout coaches and, you know, as, as scout coaches, we go out and we figure out, you know, what are the things that we need to do to be successful for the, for that particular game. And sometimes in the course of the game, Coach Reed steps in and the way she gets their attention to respond to different situations, it's incredible to see. And, you know, winning a championship this year, my first season, only thing I can say is Coach Reed, the Phil Jackson of women's basketball, did a fantastic job. And I'm so happy to have been a part of this, you know, opportunity and this program my first season and winning a championship. I mean, and, and God is just so good. God is so good. He's, he surrounded us with great coaches, great support staff, such as yourself, you know, and I mean, our AD is incredible. Mm-hmm. Mr. Robinson is incredible. Awesome. And, and you talked about coach Reed and, and how great of a coach he is. And, uh, and I know she played an integral part of, you know, bringing you to Jackson state, but can you just talk about your relationship with, with her? It seems to me as though you two connect on a much deeper level than basketball. So can you just talk about, you know, that relationship? You know, when God puts someone together um, and he, he joins a, you know, spiritual relationship, you know, God makes no mistake. And I believe this started long ago, um, you know, with coach Reed and myself. I mean, we've been knowing each other for a very long time from, from basketball, and I think I kind of look at her as a, you know, a sister. I look at her as a, you know, sister in the Lord, because what she does for players and for people is incredible. She has a true gift of, you know, getting you to see, you know, what's inside of you. And I've seen her do that on so many different levels. Um, you know, we go we go way back, of course, I mean, Callaway, Murrah. You know, I remember watching them as as mm. they were playing and, you know, seeing that Merle team. I mean, it oh, was yeah. incredible. Merle had all of the girls, man. They were champions after champions after champions after champions. And, you know, just watching them and watching how they carried themselves on and off the court. It was just phenomenal. You know, I mean, incredible. Coach Jackson was able to get those players to do something that hadn't been done ever and she brought in all of that talent. And I remember watching Coach Reed's team, and I remember watching the Murrah Mustangs after the fact. How they, mm-hmm. I mean, that that was like the Chicago Bulls for girls mm-hmm. basketball back in the day, you know. And you know, Coach just has that type of perspective and personality where she brings you along, and she knows how to get the best out of you. And I've always admired that about her. I mean, she's a great teacher. She's a great mother. She's a loving person. And when you meet people like that, you want to you want to link with them. Uh, she's she's done a phenomenal job with the program. And, you know, for her as a as a coach, I, like I said, again, I call mm-hmm. them Bill Jackson because she understands the players. She understands the dynamics around and she makes things a whole lot better. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't call her a better friend than than what she is. I mean, she's she's a godsend. And I'm so excited to, you know, coach along with her and. You know, I'm so excited to be in this program awesome, right now. Man. It's funny that you that you mentioned those Murrah teams because as I was just kind of thinking about what I would talk about with you and I started thinking back to your brothers and that nostalgia started kicking in, I thought of Coach Reed and those Murrah teams, and I said, you know what, I want to bring Re- right. Coach Reed on the show to talk about those Murrah squads. And I haven't reached out to her yet, so she's probably right. hearing this now. This is breaking news to her. We're going to have Coach Reed on the show to talk about that Murrah dynasty back in the late 90s. That, that's a that would be awesome, man. 
<laughs> yes, that would be awesome. Absolutely. And, and the staff as well. It seems like you all are just close-knit and family. I watch your Zooms and things of that nature. It seems like you all get along. So just talk about that bond. I love them. You know, it's very important to work with people that, you know, you you can identify with. It's very important to work with people that, you know, are like-minded. You know, we we really are a family. We really are a family. And, you know, we we joke together, we laugh together, we we crack jokes on each other, we cry together. You know, that's the beauty of a, a dynamic of a team. And like I said again, coach put together a really good dynamic. Because, I mean, Coach Bradley is phenomenal within himself. He's a great father, great businessman. I call him the Rick Ross <laughs> boss man <laughs> because he's a cool, swagged out, confident dude. And the way he carries himself is just so professional. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he used to play basketball right. at Murrah and he used to play basketball at Jackson State. And I was doing some research on him and he was yeah. awesome. I'm talking about awesome. Now, I heard a lot of people say, you know, Coach Bradley, you know, back in the day, mm-hmm. he was really good. I had a chance to see him play. Man, he can shoot mm-hmm. it from deep. <laughs> Don't get it twisted right now, guys. If I had to go with a squad, okay, <laughs> my squad would be Coach Reed, Coach Bradley, uh-huh. Coach Cousin, and we'll pick up one more person <laughs> because they can ball. I mean, look, it's not just the IQ of the game. Like, we can all still literally ball, and I will put my squad up mm-hmm. against anybody, right? I just love where we are right now um, with the coaches. And, you know, we have, I call, we call her our, our baby sister, oh, Coach yeah. Cousin, mm-hmm. LaShonda Cousin. You know, she's an awesome young lady. She's going to be a CEO one day. I mean, she's, she's such a great leader and her mindset is, is phenomenal. The way she can, you know, connect with people is incredible. You know, Coach Cousin is, she's, she's young right now in age, but she has so much wisdom with her. And, you know, all of us together, I mean, we really do make a really good team and a great family and our girls respond so well to that. And that's what you need to move the program forward. You know, coaches put together a great dynamic of, of people um, and our girls see that, you know, we all have different perspectives in what we do and different personalities and they're, they all gel well together. And, and the most important thing is God is at the center of everything that we're doing and you can't go wrong when you have that. Absolutely. There. And, you know, it seems like that, that bond and that, that um, you know the chemistry that you have as a, as a coaching staff has rubbed off on the, the team as well. I know you've been on a lot of different teams throughout your career, but what do you see in your team as for, from a chemistry standpoint? Well, right now it's very important that teams jail, very important that players jail, not just on the court, but off the court as well. And you know, as well as I know with the family, like for example, my brother and I, I mean, we're playing basketball against each other. We don't see eye to eye all the time out there on the court. But the thing is, you cannot bring somebody else into our court and expect that we're not going to mm-hmm. spank them, expect that we're not going to go hard against them, expect that we're not going to be competitive. We are. But the thing is, we love each other and we know each other. And that's the thing with our girls. They love each other. They know each other and they work hard for each other. You know, they, they understand who they are as a person. And, you know, we do a bunch of team development and, you know, team building things that continues to mold you know, who we are as, as players and who we are as young women. It's not that we just want to see them succeed on the court. We want them to succeed off the court. And by them succeeding off the court is a good representation of what we're doing on the court. Because I, I always tend to believe that basketball is life and how you are disciplined and accountable and responsible on the court is going to rub off off the court. 
you're going to get your books. You're going to, you know, I, I'd use the example, you're going to make your bed, you know, you're going to be very respectful. You're going to be very responsible. You're going to be a professional person out in the real world. You know, you're going to be disciplined in things. And so that's what we're trying to instill in them. The bonding that they have right now is going to last a lifetime. It's not just going to be something for right now, but it's going to last a lifetime. And if we can continue to build those, build those relationships, they will blaze through trails like never before in their life. I mean, we have so many great players with great ideas and big, big dreams that are going to do more things in this world that will be successful. And Jackson State will be proud of it. Absolutely. And you guys are adding some more firepower to that SWAC championship squad with this recruiting class. You're bringing in three high school dandy dozens. That is unheard of on the SWAC level, Uh, plus a combo guard who was a two-year starter on the JUCO level. Hopefully she can help offset the loss of Lucky. And, of course, our 6'5 Division I transfer and a top-10 high school scorer from Florida, who I'm very familiar with because she's just a few minutes down the road for me. So your thoughts on this incoming class? We're super excited about them. Super excited about them. And with your transfer, Diamond Forest, uh, coming to the team, of course, you have Amisha Williams as well. So can we look forward to maybe a, a Twin Towers pairing? Yes, let's go. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Listen, look, we, we'll have we'll have Big Diamond down there. I call her Dynasty Diamond. We'll have Dynasty Diamond down there, and we'll have Amisha Williams down there. And, you know, you, you can't get anything better than that. A 6'5", six, 6'4", six, you know, going head to head. Um, it's incredible for us. And so we're super excited right. about that. And y'all have some unfinished business. So what are your expectations for next season? You know, the best thing is for us to stay healthy and to, you know, continue to reel everything in. You know, Coach Reed loves that she came up with that reel it in. And that's the best thing for us right now is to just stick together, stay strong, keep a, keep a strong mental mindset and to just keep doing what we're doing. Um, nothing has changed from our goals and we want to continue to just make sure that everybody is, is, you know, super excited. And I mean, it's going to be fun this year. You know, we're definitely going to give the fans something incredible that they would definitely want to see. Um, and so we're excited about it. And, and for sure, we want the fans to be super excited about it and all of our supporters, because I mean, it's going to be a great year. You guys are going to have a ton of fun and mm. us as coaches we're gonna have fun too i'm telling you we we have a you know we have a danny dozen team and we also have a all-american <laughs> team so it's, it's gonna be fun right. it's right. gonna be fun y'all do a great job of recruiting and bringing in talent but uh with the recent uh, racial tension that's been in the country there's been a lot of talk about those those elite level prospects potentially signing with HBCUs. And I had Coach Brent on the show recently, and we discussed it. But you've been that five-star level recruit yourself, and you had your choice of places to go. So what do you make of all this buzz? Well, it's a really good thing for HBCUs, especially uh, for the top players, to get a chance to see what we have to offer. Um, I know that there's been a lot of misconceptions uh, of what we have to offer. We have a lot to offer um, and, you know, they're giving us an opportunity to speak with them. They're giving us an opportunity to talk with their parents, to talk with their coaches and to let them know um, that we're not just what others say that we are. Let us prove to you what we are. And it's it's awesome that we were able to you know get to them. It's awesome that we're able to speak with them um, and it's helping us out tremendously. 
And so to be quite honest with you, we were talking to Power Fives even before all of this happened. Um, I mean, you see Amisha Williams, you see Diamond has come in and we have more young ladies that we've been talking to before this. So for us, it's it's just a win-win situation. Uh, before this, we were talking to them. And even after this has even opened up a bigger door for us to be able uh, to speak with them and give them more information on, you know, what we can offer for them. And it's it's good for All us. Right, great stuff. Well, definitely looking forward to uh, the season, uh, seeing what you ladies can, can do and then can you pick up where you left off and take it uh, even further definitely so uh, but now let's uh, I want to get to know Juanita Ward the person all right if your closest friends or family had to describe who Juanita Ward is without using the word basketball or, or saying anything sports related what would they say God fearing God fearing um I, I've I've never shied away from who I am and what I stand for. And I know that it was only by the grace of God that I'm able to do all of this and was able to achieve all of the accolades and the awards that I've been able to achieve. Um, you know, I take this with great joy and extremely humble because it's not easy being a basketball player and um, being able to speak about your spiritual side of it. Um, I've been in some countries where they've told me to put my chain, my cross chain inside of my shirt because it can't be shown out or else I would get hurt. And, you know, if I was to, the Bible says, if I deny Christ in front of man, then I am denying him. And so I never put my chain inside of my shirt. I always kept my chain out. Um, at the end of the day, I want people to know exactly who I serve and why I do the things that I do. It is not me that do these things. It's I'm doing these things to glorify God. And in doing so, I want to continue to be a vessel that I can. I want to make sure that I'm leading people in the right way and helping disciple them. You know, basketball has been a huge platform for me to speak about Jesus Christ. And, you know, anything that I've ever done, I've always told them, please don't exclude you know, my spiritual side of things. Please don't exclude, you know, me talking about Jesus Christ, because if I have an opportunity to speak, I want to make sure that I do that because I don't want to deny why and who I am, the person that I am. You know, I've been through a lot in my life with basketball. I've been through a lot mentally and physically, but at the end of the day, it's all been because of God's grace and mercy. My family's been through a lot, but at the end of the day, it's always been because God's grace and mercy. And I know that sometimes I can speak about it and it sounds like peaches and cream, but I'm telling you, it was not peaches and cream. I mean, it's been a lot of, you know, bumping the walls to get to where I am now. It's been a lot of hard pressed, you know, fighting just to get to where I am now. But through it all, God has always been faithful and he's always been right there to carry us through. Absolutely. And uh, you're, you're very vocal when it comes to expressing your faith. I mean, it's so apparent how important that is to you. So want to be sure to give you an opportunity to express that here on the podcast. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank all you right, so now, much. Tell us about Jay Ward, the encourager. I see that all over social media and I see that you're a motivational speaker as well, as I mentioned earlier. So what's your focus or I guess your your mission with that? Well, you know, I want to instill, you know, encouragement into people. And, you know, I say this all the time. It's what I'm doing is the vision surpassing excellence. And I want the people's vision to not just be focused on what they see right in front of them, but I want them to dig deeper and see what's inside of them. Sometimes we as people, myself as well, can become complacent sometimes 
and seeing the bigger things in life. And if we become complacent and we stay stuck in a specific mold, we never get an opportunity to experience all of the good things and all of the blessings that we have for us. What we speak and what we say is so valuable. If we continue to say, well, we can't do this, we won't do this, and that will never happen, or, oh, man, that happened, or this didn't go right, then we're putting that energy on top of, you know, stopping the blessings. But if we speak those things and we decree those things that I can, I will succeed, and we continue to speak them, you know, Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it shall eat its fruit. What are you speaking over yourself that's going to help your vision surpass your excellence? What are you speaking over yourself that's going to get you to the next level? I know for a fact, Corey, that you didn't say, well, I think this podcast is going to be okay. It may be, man, I, I can't do this. Or that I can't do this. This block right. has happened. I believe that you spoke to yourself and you said to yourself, this podcast is going to be the number one podcast in the world. This podcast is going to reach millions and thousands of people. This podcast is going to touch so many different people. I'm going to have a big platform to use it, to touch and to share different things. I'm sure that's what you said when you were doing this podcast. And that's what I'm trying to get people to do. Look past what's right in front of them. See the broader things. See, see the bigger picture. There's so much more inside of us than just what we see right in front of us. Our vision is huge. Our vision is huge. If we can just get out what's inside of us, we'll be able to amount to anything in the whole entire world. Don't stop at the right now. Look, look beyond what you see. Well, that's some great stuff, Coach. I can just hear the passion in your voice. And, you know, I love seeing your videos on, on social media. And your resume is so impressive. And it continues to expand now we can add the title of author to that resume as well so tell us about this book super excited you know my grandmother had a vision when I was younger um, and she had you know received a prophetic word and she said you know one day you're going to write a book and I couldn't I couldn't see it at the time I mean I'm young and I, I didn't understand what she was saying to be honest and I'm just like yeah whatever but the more I the more I grew the more I became wiser, the more, um, you know, knowledge that I've encountered, the more experiences that I was able to encounter from a basketball perspective and from a life perspective. You know, I said to myself, the things that motivate me and the things that get me going are encouraging words. You know, I want to be able to give that to someone else. I mean, there was a guy back in the, you know, a couple years ago that told me, says, he said, uh, Juanita, you're an encourager. And I said, you, you think so? He said, yeah, you're an encourager. And he says, you know, you need to do something with encouraging people. And I said, well, I mean, I, I do encourage people. I go around and encourage them all the time. I always tell them about God and I always tell them, you know, that, that they can do it. You know, I always tell them that they can, they will succeed. He says, that's what, that's where you need to start. And that guy was mm -hmm. my father. And I never looked back then, you know, my mother would, my mother, when I was younger, um, you know, she would, she was a, she's a preacher. And my mother would always pray for me and she would always read the Bible to me when I was younger. And those things stuck with me. And so writing this book, you know, 15 principles uh, that winners can embrace to win is 15 principles that, you know, that I live by. And I want to be able to bring it to life. And with this book, I've had so many different people to tell me, I mean, I, I get emails and I get messages all the time of people telling me we need an encouraging word. Please give us an encouraging word. You know, I, I, I go and I speak, you know, and, and people are always saying we need an encouraging word. Give us an encouraging word. 
that's what's fueling the seed that's inside of us. The seed inside of us need to be watered. And how do you water the seed is with an encouraging word. You know, and, and I'm just going to say this, Corey, when Jesus called Peter out on the water, Peter had to have had a seed from Jesus to walk out there. He had to have had some type of faith to mm -hmm. walk out there. And because Peter did that, Peter was able to walk on water. But when it stopped is when he stopped believing that he could do it. And that's the thing. Everybody in this world gets to a point where they stop believing that they can do something because they've hit a brick wall. And we're just vessels. And I just want to encourage somebody to let them know that just because it may have seemed like you hit a brick wall or the situation may seem extremely bad or, you know, life may seem like there is no there is no recovery and there's no coming back. There is recovering. There is coming back. It doesn't matter how far you've fallen off or how deep you've gone or what you're in right now. There's always a way to come back. There's always a way to win. There's always a way to see the brighter things. There's always a way for your vision to surpass your excellence. But you have to always decree to yourself, I can, I will succeed. Those words are so important. And when people start to believe that, Corey, Life is going to change for them. And that's the reason why this book is so important right now is to continue to encourage as many people as possible. That's what we need in, in today. That's what we need in the world such as this right now. So we need a lot of encouragement. We need a lot of, a lot of, you know, words that are speaking the right things. We need a lot of encouragement, Corey. We need a lot of encouragement. Absolutely. That is some powerful, powerful stuff. And you know, congratulations on you know, all of your accomplishments, but you know, especially the book. And I want to personally welcome you to the Authors Club. So great job. Thank you right. so much. Thank and you so much. Can you just much. tell our listeners one more time the name of the book and uh, when we can expect a release date or how they can go about finding it? The name of the book is I Can, I Will Succeed, 15 Principles That Winners Embrace to Win. And the book will come out July 15th. Pre-orders will go up. July 1st. Um, the release date is July 15th. And, you know, if you want to get a copy uh, early, um, it'll be on Amazon and it'll be on Kindle and, you know, ebook and all of those uh, outlets. But if you want to get a copy early, um, you can go to uh, my Jay Ward, the encourager, Juanita Ward, the encourager Facebook page, or you can simply email us uh, Jay Ward, the encourager um, at gmail.com. That's jwardt.encourager at gmail.com. That's the email, jwardt.encourager at gmail.com. All right. Awesome. Well, oh, Coach, uh, thank you for coming on. But before we let you go, I absolutely have to put you on the hot seat, and we have to play a, a round of rapid fire. So are you ready? Okay. Awesome. Well, okay, let's do it. I'll, I'll throw something out, a question, and you have to immediately respond with the first thing that comes to mind. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. Favorite place you've ever lived outside of Mississippi? Israel. T toughest opponent in high school, team or player? Nevada oh, Moore. Yeah, good one. All-time favorite basketball player? Jariah Ward. Okay, if you were never into basketball, what would your current 9 to 5 be? Okay. Motivating. Favorite motivational quote? Never give up on your dreams. Favorite food overseas? Chicken and rice. Okay. Who would win a three-point shootout between the women's basketball staff? <laughs> this is the hot seat. Oh, <laughs> oh, uh, 
Why, we're a team, man. You one pass. <laughs> or you can say it'd be a tie. Take the easy way out. Okay. We're a team. Pound for pound, best basketball player from the Ward household. My okay. father. Right. I like that. WNBA player, past or present, who would have had the best chance of succeeding in the NBA? Cheryl okay. Miller. All right, here we go. Better JPS basketball factory, Callaway or Murrah. And keep in mind, okay. Oh, Callaway. Keep in mind, your head coach went Callaway. to Murrah and so did Coach Richard Bradley. So you going Callaway? <laughs> Callaway. I'm going Callaway. <laughs> All right, so you, you're off the hot seat. Great job. Thank you for being a team player with that. And, hey, this has been an amazing and inspiring episode. I can't wait to share it with our listeners. So thank you so much for coming on. Corey, thank you so much. And my, my hopes and my dreams is for everyone to decree, I can, I will succeed. Never give up on your dreams. You can do it. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. And you be blessed. Thank you so much. Okay. You too. That'll do it for episode 43 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple users, rate and review the show. And everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. Leave a question or a comment while you're at it, and we'll be sure to read it on air. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department, and it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thank you for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag the I love.